0: hey everybody welcome to episode 60 of the snake in the draft podcast i'm your host jacob vines you can find me on twitter at j underscore in this episode i have swags coming on you should follow them on twitter at swagzilla zero g and that zero spelled out today we're going to be talking about some superflex dynasty offseason strategy and answering your questions that were put in on twitter so what's up swags how are you
1: how in the hell are you jacob thanks a lot for having me back on man excited yeah. to be here
0: yeah you were on episode 50 and then you'll be you'll be peppered in over the next city. forever just with uh this being Superflex city which if you aren't subscribed there you should definitely be be uh tuning in over there and uh even you know you have rookie fever that you do as well so you're all over the place
1: i love it man see you at episode 70 then right
0: yeah let, every 10 let's go now episode 100 tens. we'll throw a little party holy cow <laughs> it's it's only 40 away that that sounds forever away
1: it'll sneak up on you man just keep grinding (laughs) yeah for sure
0: so let's just go ahead and get right into it uh this is going to be about a 45 50 minute episode we're just going to talk as long as we want so uh let's just we talked a little bit about off-season strategy back in maybe august september related to dynasty but you know i just want to start with Because a lot of people with the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday are going to really start coming back into Dynasty and wanting to, you know, evaluate their team, see where they're at and start looking at potential free agents they want to trade for and all of that. So how do you evaluate your teams and compare them to the rest of the league to see maybe if you want to punt another year potentially or if you want to, you know, go Hmm. hard for contending?
1: Yeah, man, that that's a tough one. So I usually don't really like the idea of punting a year. But I do see, I I think it's important to realize when you need to as well. And I can tell you, I mean, so we're talking a little bit about startup strategies as well today, and I am still very like quarterback early and often, but I can tell you even with that strong strategy and having that mindset for a while now, I still have teams that I go in. And I'm like, dude, I remember when I was bragging about having, like, six starting quarterbacks on this team not even a year ago. And now I have two. And and that's real, 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 real stuff. Like, I'm not, like, exaggerating here. I'm talking, like, making John Hogue proud with some QB extreme teams where you're just like, oh, my gosh, why do I even have all of these quarterbacks? But now... Y'all know me. I mean, they were like Haskin teams, Gardner teams, um, even Sam Darnold that we don't feel as good about today that with question marks, all these question marks, whether it was Goff, Carson Wentz. So, I mean, this year, I think one thing that changed, and this is, this is also like, it's a really hard time to really have a gauge on all the quarterbacks in this carousel in 2021 So one thing that's changed for me a lot when I go to look at those teams is how can I how can I find some security in in this, whether it's, you know, trading like a Jimmy G and uh, Jameis Winston away for something that's maybe valued a little bit less, but I feel a little bit more secure about like I want security right now. And I'm looking through a lot of my teams and I don't have some of those same warm, fuzzy feelings i had a while ago and yeah. uh
0: yeah it's tough man i'm i'm with you there was a league that i drafted it ended up being like five or six qbs and ended up trading away drew Locke and daniel jones for some trades that i liked and then i still had like Tua, uh wentz uh jimmy g baker and matthew stafford and like you look at that team now and you're like I should have definitely went for one of those, you know, those top 10 guys because you look at all those names and you're like, I mean, Matthew Stafford, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is one of those guys that's looking up now. But all the rest, like Tua maybe, Wentz is like, he's looking okay. It's not it's not fantastic there. So
1: yeah,
0: I, I'm definitely with you and like with the whole idea of trading back now with like first round picks, I'm like – I'd rather hold those, get a QB, feel pretty solid there, and then think about it in the second and the third round. And then from doing some mock drafts, like the fifth and sixth round are stacked. Like, it's just tons of people that I want.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely waiting on wide receivers. I know that um, that's still something that is a fashion foe. But, man, the wide receiver depth today is so freaking crazy that there's just no reason to go early. Obviously, there's those tier breaks where you're like, wow, I have to take DeAndre Hopkins here. And, you know, I'm not like that person that's really going to adhere to just like one s- strategy throughout. I think you have to like go with the punches a little bit, but wide receivers don't need to be your focal point early on in the draft. Like you can just, you can wait and, and be completely, okay and build around other positions and in my opinion i don't know there was some more like zero rb talk on some of our community pages this morning and i'm just kind of like why is this even still like a thing that people even like wake up and they're like oh i'm gonna crap on the other side of this strategy this morning like because that's not even what i'm saying i'm not even saying like it's ridiculous. If you draft a wide receiver, I think that we've all gotten good enough, like with our strategies that we can make them work for ourselves. Like the, so, but what we want to be here for is like, I want to find a sound strategy that the listeners can use for not only like value, but to help them win and to help again, have some security, over a certain amount of time I don't want to be like well if this goes wrong come back to me and I'll help you fix that problem too like the idea in the startup is to set you up for as much success as you possibly can moving forward I don't want to be the guy that's just like well it works for me so it's going to work for you because there are different strategies you can use and I think that if it goes wrong like we are here to help but in the end like that startup and what you do at the beginning and in your rookie drafts, how you handle those picks. Like that's where we can kind of set up for more long-term success and, and then just kind of listen for enjoyment and not always have to be tweaking. Like, I don't want to help you build something that all of a sudden you're sitting in a situation. Like I'd even just mentioned for myself where like, but let's take the examples where maybe you, Maybe you didn't, maybe you ignored it a little bit more and you took like the later guys like Drew Brees, even Brady, who I know he's got a couple years left in him. We all think, um, some other older guy, we'll say even Derek Carr, and you waited on those guys. And now, if you did that and you're like, but I know I'll be okay when they're gone, I'll find a way to fix this. You're also admitting that there's still another step in your process that has yet to come and you're going to be back to me because at some point, like I didn't really do that good for you here. We actually broke it right from the beginning. You'll be okay for now. I taped it up, (laughs) call me back up next year and we're going to fix this problem that we created here that, you know what I mean? Kind of like, so I don't know.
0: It's like people say, you know, build a strong foundation, which, uh, you know, part of that is from talking with different people, you know, hitting on at least one of two or three rookie picks. And if you can do that, you know, you're, you're going to be OK. And um, just trying to honestly, like not evaluate, like think that you know more than you do, because that's really screwed me multiple times with being like, oh, yeah, I know this is going to be a thing. And then, yep. and then it's it's not a thing. Uh, like, you know, like Kyber Zolaire, RB1, rookie last year, you know, that was something everybody was like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then realizing that we know a lot less than we do, than we think we know. So, uh, yeah, I like that a lot, and actually, with you talking about, you know, zero RB, I ended up, I had a mock draft with uh, Marvin Eloquin, who's, uh, F, at ff Marvin E. we had a 12-team Superflex mock draft, and... Uh, I hope you can see it, okay? Yeah, but I'm looking curious at it. Where you would go different with the draft? I think the so the second round pick you may go different. So the first round pick, 1.06, I went to Sean Watson. Then coming back around, the players, best players available in my opinion were, you know, I drafted DK Metcalf there. That pick was uh, is a weird one. Honestly, I would have preferred to potentially trade back or or think longer than just a minute and a half on it. But it was DK Metcalf was there, AJ Brown, Nick Chubb, Joe Burrow jk dobbins matthew stafford uh even justin jefferson was around as well cam Akers, is there like would you go with one of those running backs at that point in the second like a cam Akers or nick chubb
1: um i, I would probably have taken nick chubb there okay. for sure i'm trying to look at some of the other guys too um i do understand it though and i like dk this is such an interesting draft like
0: it's weird, man. Where weird.
1: Matt Stafford went here, and then you don't have another quarterback taken till Aaron Rodgers
0: in the fourth. Yeah.
1: So Stafford went at two twelve, and then Aaron Rodgers was the next quarterback taken at four five. Yep. What in the hell?
0: <laughs> I'd even say the tight ends. This wasn't like a tight end premium, but at the same time. For me, like tight end premium doesn't change where I value tight ends a whole lot. And tight ends fell a good bit, too, because I ended up drafting Kelsey at
1: 3.06. Yeah. what I was
0: surprised by.
1: My thing, and, and I know that this one person does this to the draft. This isn't like a league consensus or anything, but Matthew Stafford in front of Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yep, I'm not there.
1: That's That's crazy to me.
0: I will say that was right, like pretty much a couple days after the trade happened. So there was that, like, Matthew Stafford hype and all that around him. But I'm definitely with you in that. I have Stafford, I can actually look it up real quick, as my Dynasty QB um, QB 12. And so he's behind Rodgers, he's behind Tannehill. But I bumped him up above Tua. But that's like, they're like, it's like Stafford, Tua, Baker on like the same sort of tier. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that I wouldn't be surprised if anybody had them flipped around, but I definitely have Rogers and Tannehill comfortably above Stafford.
1: Yeah, I, I and it's tough, especially once you get to Tua and wondering what's. But I think I'd take Baker in front of Stafford. Okay. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers definitely in front of Stafford. So. Um- Tannehill, i'd be happy to like i think that you could definitely entertain the idea if you have stafford of talking to that Tannehill owner and getting a extra piece back and getting ryan Tannehill and and being just as good
0: yep with how this draft fell is there any other spots that you would draft a running back potentially i think the second mm. round i i do like your point with nick chubb kelsey in the third a little kelsey bit
1: in the third seems like a steal even That's with right, no Titan premium and
0: even ryan tanhill in the fourth and then the fifth round like qb start or not qb's running back sort of falling off the board with uh james robinson at 4.08 joe mixon 4.09 aaron jones 4.11 dave montgomery 4.12 and then at 5.06 i drafted brandon Ayuk. uh there was like AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt was still there, which actually I could see. You know, drafting Kareem Hunt at the fifth, even though I, he did fall to me in the middle of yeah. the sixth. But that's that's an interesting spot for Kareem Hunt. Uh, it's honestly like, you from looking and doing mock drafts, you really do have to get a running back in that mid, the second round. If you don't, then the people just start picking on way too early, in my opinion.
1: miss Clyde Edwards-Alaire in front of Nicholas Chubb.
0: There is a Chiefs logo above the the team, so I'm gonna uh, guess there's a that little is true. little bias there. That even is though, true. don't let team biases decide how you pick players.
1: Uh, oh, I might sometimes. I'm bad at that. I mean, <laughs> it happens. It happens. So I get it. But I'm glad to see that Swift still went in front of Clyde edwards lair. Oh the yes. The one that shocks me, Jacob, is is you took DK Metcalf and then AJ Brown both went before Justin Jefferson
0: that was yeah I was literally between DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson with my pick at 2.07 and if I think I may have talked myself into Justin Jefferson if I would have had a little bit longer but in my rankings currently I have DK Metcalf above him even though yeah Justin Jefferson an elite rookie season so yeah it's just it's they're both pretty even to me that's why even I throw AJ Brown in there too Uh, But there's definitely some Justin Jefferson, I would say like disrespect by having him fall to the the sort of middle of the third, really.
1: I, I I have a lot of trouble ranking Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, and DK Metcalf. I I have a team with all three of them on it somehow. And (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And it's almost like I have decent amount of wide receiver depth to where I feel like moving one of those three players just because of their value and then I'm like, well, which one? And and for me, I have Justin Jefferson ahead of AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Okay. And, and then it gets tough for me though after that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I don't even want to move them.
0: I honestly, I would just keep them. That's where, like, those type of guys. Like, I think you could get the most. Well, honestly, it depends how people perceive them. Because if someone, you know, it, would you move Justin Jefferson for Devonte Adams straight up? Because some people do like Justin Jefferson as a wide receiver one.
1: Um, uh, that's it's so tough. tough because I do have Adams over Justin Jefferson. If that trade hits my inbox, I kind of hate you because because <laughs> I'm I'm like wait a minute I don't Justin Jefferson is one of those like if you ask me my five players that are hard for me to trade away Justin Jefferson is in that group. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if you just those players that you and I try so hard to not have any sacred cows, but it happens. And Justin Jefferson's one of those players that I'm almost like I wouldn't say instant reject, but I don't want him on your team. I don't I, know. He's a tough one.
0: Players that hit like he hit are guys that I definitely want to hold on to. Like one thing that is a pretty interesting trade. Now, I made a trade in a league back in September 19th. Uh, and it was actually with uh, Rocky Dynasty FF Attic. And it was, I moved Stephon Diggs and received Justin Jefferson and a late 2021 second, which now, you know, I would prefer Justin Jefferson over Diggs, but with how well Diggs did, that trade really worked out for both of us. Yeah, that's a nice
1: deal. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's, and I remember that trade doing it. And I was like, I don't feel great about this because Justin Jefferson had his whole like two or three games where he was like, not even the wide receiver three on that team. Right. Which is, it just shows you, you know, be patient with these rookies. Don't don't panic. Which that trade it, it was still not a seems like trade. a pretty
1: decent trade today for both for sides. Sure. So in a way, like you could, I, agree. I could argue both sides. That second will be nice for you to have, but yeah, I could, uh, I could definitely see both sides of that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So we're gonna, we're gonna move away from this mock draft. Uh, pretty much the main takeaway for me is second round start looking at the the running backs because really when i look at it with how quick running backs usually go off the board third and fourth and fifth like the value running back for now is like kareem Hunt, maybe montgomery later in the offseason depending on how everything works but uh let's do a, a twitter question so this is from at p2w fantasy do you continue to analyze players in the nfl playoffs for fantasy purposes or do you avoid this due to obviously not everyone participating what are your thoughts on that
1: the man that's an interesting question. So I'm going to take it a little bit of a different direction because I know like, my mindset a little bit, and this is how I, I sort of look at it, as weird as this may sound to some people. Right now, today, I am not as interested in trying to acquire somebody like Tyreek Hill just in case he he has one more chance to get injured that everybody else doesn't. And I know that that sounds weird. But then after the Super Bowl, after he's made it through it, then I'd be a little bit more interested in somebody like Tyreek or something like that. Like, I don't want to buy low on the underachievers on either of the Bucks or the Chiefs at this point, because I, I want, I would hate to buy anybody at this point and then have them get a serious injury even with the off season coming up and i know that that sounds so like kind of maybe too risk adverse but um but i i do look at it that way i'll I'll be like oh no i don't want ronald jones he still has a game to play
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i don't i don't think that's crazy at all and one thing i will add on to that and this is actually from at mike me up which I talk about him a lot on this podcast just because he has some interesting thoughts and he was talking about how, like with looking at like points per game data, adding together like the regular season and playoff games and looking at how it compares, not really compares, but just, just don't get locked in on, Oh, only weeks one through 16 matter whenever to the NFL teams weeks in the playoffs matter way more. So like Cam Aker's run is impressive. I'd even say Leonard Fournette's run that he's had is really pretty impressive the running back two in the playoffs with Cam Akers being the running back one, I'm, I'm trying to speak into existence Leonard Fournette on a team at the starter, because I know
1: dude, played. I know what you're saying. And I'm glad that you, you, you probably took the, the direction I was supposed to. So I apologize for that, but I do, I do definitely notice though. Like you said, Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, like they use these guys a ton in very important games, very important moments. It wasn't just getting there. It was the time that they needed to win that's when they use these players. So, yeah, after that, like, passes, you know what I mean? I definitely look at Cam Akers and how he was used in the playoffs or how interested maybe the Bucks would be in bringing Leonard Fournette back next year after he did decent in these important games.
0: Yeah, and I think also I'm thinking about injuries is a, a good way to decide on when to try to move for players because typically I would say after a game, like – there's hype for maybe a week and then it usually chills out. Like I'd say like Jonathan Taylor, you know, he was super hyped up and now he's not really talked about it. And I will say his ADP and stuff is pretty high. It's like running back five or six, sometimes even higher than that. Like the mock draft I was showing, I think he was running back four drafted, if not three. So he's, he's up there right now. So yeah, it's, it's really just, just, you know, it's important to look at the full picture. That's what I would yeah. say. Yeah.
1: I mean, you even look at like Barkley, who is on a year plus injury. If that happened today, you're not getting him back at all for next season. So that like, I don't know, it's just it just seems like there's no reason to take those risks to me at this point.
0: Yeah. So switching gears a little bit to advancing to like two or three weeks down the road, talking about, you know, players that are going to most likely be free agents do you have a couple of guys you're currently looking at? I know some guys that have been mentioned are, you know, Aaron Jones, Curtis Samuel, those type of guys. Like, do you want to jump in early on anybody? Because you're like, I can see a massive increase in value coming their way.
1: Yeah, man. I, I see a few guys I always look at. And then I I think like, well, what if they end up on the Ravens? That's or, not good. Or, you know what I mean? Like a situation that helps an NFL team, but doesn't help us much in fantasy. You know, one player that I – seem to search for that kind of fits the bill is Corey Davis. But then I'm always like I, I back off from even making offers at this point, because what if I just end up not liking the situations? There's surely like some good ones to be found out there as well, though that could increase the the production or value or make people think highly of it. But man, I get a little bit worried. And it's even just like we talked about with the startup draft strategy. There's so many wide receivers. I don't need to be too invested in any single one. So where there's one, I can find another one, or I can always wait for those situations to, to fall and see how I feel about them versus consensus. And I'm probably going over or after the wide receivers that you want the least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. I will say for myself, this is more a last year thing. I found the best luck with just sort of going cheap after quarterbacks. I expected to get a starting gig, like, you know, the Teddy Bridgewaters, Tom Brady, guys like that. And I think even going into this off season, like big Ben and Tom Brady for the first, at least four or five weeks, they're going to be cheaper than they will be at the start of the season. And Drew Brees, I am almost certain he's going to retire. So I'm not trying to get him, but I mean, I guess if you could move a fourth round pick for him, maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> like I I'd, yeah. I would actually rather move a fourth round pick for Dwayne Haskins than I would Drew Brees, which I did in one league. And we'll see what happens. That was before he was traded. Yeah,
1: yeah, Haskins for up. a fourth. I don't hate that at all, dude. I I would do yeah. that for sure. But yeah, I agree with you. I like those other guys too. And I mean, even this year would be a good year, I think, to go get Goff and Wentz. Cause just because of the value that they've lost and um, I'm comfortable making that move. Like for me, I don't know. It's so hard to avoid this conversation. So I feel like I've talked about it on every show that I've (laughs) been on, but to me, it's one of those situations where, and I'm going to be a broken record. So if anybody's following me over to the show, which I mean, hopefully you already listened to snake in the draft anyway, but To me, it's one of those situations where, like, think about if Dan Campbell had just been talking crap about Stafford all week and was just like, you know, we need somebody younger that's not so beat up, hasn't had back problems the last two years. Like, we just kind of need to start building this team, like, with a little bit more durability. And we all know Stafford's been great, but because of his playing style, he's beat to hell. And then the trade happens, like, and just what that – perception that the coach put on Jared Goff is where I'm going with this and how Sean McVay handled that situation. Like how would our public perception be of that? And I know that's a huge, what if, and that did not happen, but Matt Stafford now will be 33 going into the season in a new situation. And he has more value than he's had all year. I don't know. To me, it's just—I think it's just irresponsible of us. And I think that, like, kind of—I don't know. Like, people were nicer to Nick Foles last off season than they're being to Jared Goff today.
0: That yeah, and I yeah, and I think the main reason that people give is because they think Sean McVay made Jared Goff, which I don't think it's a ridiculous statement. But then again, some people are putting him, you know. Back in you know QB twenty range or something like that. Like I'd rather have Jared Goff than Daniel Jones and Drew Lock right now. Yeah, very comfortably. Or, and I think you, uh, you can know what? move. I'll
1: take... Yeah. I'll take Goff over Teddy Bridgewater.
0: One hundred. Yes, one hundred percent. I think you could move Goff, or you could move Daniel Jones for Goff in a second right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably.
0: And so we were gonna, you know, with that trade and everything, there is a question about with the move do you feel like you know swift and hawkinson is like is it better or worse for them or is it really just it doesn't matter and this is from at generally aware on twitter
1: for uh the consensus on um hawkinson
0: just like how do we feel about swift and hawkinson going into next year with it being jared goff and potentially i mean people have speculated oh maybe they'll move goff again or are they going like for rebuild retool like how are you feeling about Swift and Hawk going into 2021?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, so I feel really good about Swift to to start with that. I think that that's one thing that they said when hiring the coaching staff, that they wanted to put an emphasis on somebody that was going to use Swift properly and get him the ball in the right spaces. So I feel really good about Swift, just the fact that the, the team and um, management they're that's important to them. They've made that very clear. And then Hawkinson, Hawkinson, I feel pretty good about too. I think the tight end's going to be targeted. I think Hawkinson's just one of those talents they're not going to be able to avoid. And we have to remember too, like this team's not done. We could draft somebody with that seventh overall. A lot of wide receivers to draft this year, free agents. At this point, we would need to make some cuts to be able to even tag Galladay, which is kind of concerning. But man, maybe maybe Corey Davis comes to Detroit something like that, but this team's not done. So we're going to have more wide receivers to take away. I think golf's going to be just fine. Honestly, I think we're being too hard on the guys is Stafford better than golf. Yes. I think he absolutely is, but golf, I think has enough NFL experience to still get the ball to our wide receivers. And I mean, he's been fine with Robert Woods and Cooper cup, you know, and, I don't think that it's going to be one of those things like where Detroit is going to be trying to regress moving forward. We're still going to be trying to play and compete while we get better, younger, build for the future. The, the, the challenging part here though, is even if we draft a quarterback at one Oh seven and you think golf is going to maintain that job through the year, Goff instantly loses value the day we draft a quarterback. But if we don't, he instantly gains value the day we don't draft a quarterback. So the question is more about Swift and Hawkinson. I think they're going to be fine. And then with Goff, if he's not with Detroit, because it kind of alluded to that a little bit, he's going to be with another team. He's going to be a starter in the NFL. Like, I'm not too worried about Goff. I'm all about going out and getting some.
0: Yeah, and, and it goes sort of – it's like a weird reverse landing spot thing in that, oh, the quarterback changed, and now we're going to fade these players because because we already faded them before, and let's try to fade them again just because, oh, they changed quarterback. That's – you know, like people yeah. faded Swift, and they faded him because of landing spot, and then he ended up showing out towards the end of the year. Hawkinson, he already showed that he can be a pretty consistent tight end in the league. So I, yeah. I, I'm i with you. I'm not trying to fade any of these guys. I think like I've Swift as my RB6, Hawkinson at my tight end four right now. And I don't see a reason to move them down just based off what we've seen from them, um, the talent so, that people have. Kelsey Kittle-Waller? Kittle. Yep, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And it's one of those things where Waller is, is really that, that discount tight end for me right now. Just where he usually goes in startups is about – he should be closer to Kittle than than he actually is.
1: Did he uh go I didn't notice? Was he off that board in your
0: let me let me pull that up real quick. Uh I think that he went in the like a half a round later because people were starting to be like, Oh, I want I want a, a good solid tight end. So it was Kelsey three point oh six, kittle three point oh seven, and then Darren Waller at four point oh four. So that was about about half a round after. Both of them, mm. and then I think Hawk was even after that by a good bit. The, the, honestly, the, no, it was only three picks, and then okay. Mark Andrews actually didn't go until he went. He went four picks after T.J. Hawkinson. So they they were all pretty stag- or staggered, but yeah. the draft is definitely it was a little a little funky with like you mentioned the QBs and and even the tight ends going late and people going very running back heavy, which makes sense with it not being super deep right now. Like, I don't know, like, okay, let's go off script. How are you feeling about Josh Jacobs? You know, potential suspension starting the year next year. Like I just, I'm not in love with him right now and the potential of them getting a decent running back in free agency as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Josh Jacobs has done pretty good in the NFL. Yeah, I don't, I, The suspension changes a lot if he were to get suspended. I mean, that obviously changes things, but I I don't know. I don't think he's going to lose his job.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. What about like, okay, Antonio Gibson or Josh Jacobs in a PPR league? Are you still Josh Jacobs in that?
1: I would be Josh Jacobs. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Antonio Gibson has more of a chance of losing his job or or having somebody – better than like mckissick come in and take some touches than somebody like josh jacobs does
0: gotcha we also had a question on twitter acres or gibson who's higher acres okay i'm with you on that i think acres is one of those guys that you can still get at a decent price because a lot of people still look at you know henderson was banged up stuff like that even though acres just he really did explode at the end of the year and i like him a lot I'd even say for me, like, Zeke is a relatively cheap running back to go get right now. I'm not, like, in love with it, and it depends on the price, but he was Dude. he was an RB1 on the year.
1: It's crazy, too, like, if you look at his contract, how invested they are in Zeke right now. And I know things happen, yeah. and, like, Todd Gurley got cut, but honestly, like, they're going to have to be invested in Zeke for a while. And he's done well enough still. Like, you, sh- you see signs of him, like, him slowing down a little bit, but... Yeah, you could you could have Zeke in your starting lineup a couple more years for sure.
0: Yeah, and even continuing going off script, J.K. Dobbins in a PPR league, he makes me really nervous because you mentioned the Ravens. We know they don't pass the ball to the running back. They just don't do it the last couple of years. Lamar Jackson there runs the ball, gets rushing touchdowns occasionally. Does he, like, make you, you know, nervous? Like, yes, we did see um, um, Mark Ingram being RB1 last year. But how do you like I just feel like his ceiling isn't isn't that high end RB one for JK Dobbins.
1: Yeah, I think I feel very similar to you, like just a little bit more worried with Lamar Jackson there and him him obviously taking touches. And then if they still have somebody like Gus Edwards there, I do think he's gonna be like a viable and I know you're not saying that he won't be like RB two, but of these guys like Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Akers, Dobbins is probably fourth even behind james robinson for me just because of some of those concerns of the the weekly ceiling that i want for my running backs like i think he'll have a safe floor still but the weekly ceiling isn't going to be as high as some of those other running backs i think you could have for a similar range in a startup or value in a trade
0: and would you still have dobbins over Clyde over to
1: yeah for sure gotcha yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we everybody that's followed you on Twitter knows knows how you feel about Clyde edwards Alaire. and uh, if anybody hasn't seen that, uh, Swags made a trade of Swift for Ceh back in was it May? Was it? Yeah, that was May. May, and uh, if you want, you can. I think you still have it pinned on your profile. The, yeah. the trade poll
1: but I mean, it's also important to clarify that. I mean, I think that Clyde Edwards-Helaire also, like I said about Dobbins, I think he's going to be viable. I think mm-hmm. that he's a awesome RB two for your team, and I think that you should be happy with that. It's just that after that, I'm I'm not too excited.
0: Do you think he's closer to like Montgomery, like sort of that Montgomery status? Like he's an RB two. He's not gonna be super flashy. Like sure, Montgomery exploded at the end of the year, but it's it's not like he's gonna be RB one year in year out.
1: I, I think um, I think that yes, I think the perception should be closer to David Montgomery, or that he should. He should get similar shade that David Montgomery got coming out of his rookie season. But I'll tell you what, I'll take David Montgomery over CEH2. But I don't think that Montgomery's going to, I don't think David Montgomery's ever going to be one of those players to gain value. But I think that he's going to get you the production year in, year out. I think that with a better quarterback situation, will be better. You look at even like last year and we were uber focused on his end of year schedule and how well he did, but nobody ever mentioned that those games were also all the games that Mitch Trubisky started. And then you look back at the beginning of the season and David Montgomery's other like best games were with Mitch Trubisky. And before Foles got out there, he still showed some Decent promise when he was on the field with Foles, but all of his best games were with what I think was the team's better quarterback and Mitch Trubisky. And then, so if he has a year where it's just Mitch, which it could happen, sorry to say, or if he has a better quarterback, I like David Montgomery even more. And I don't think that he's going to be replaced. I don't think he's in any fear of losing his job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And with you saying he's not going to gain any value, there is, uh, so i was talking with some people back like a couple months ago with being like where would you rank david montgomery because if you start listing players out it's really tough to get montgomery above like rb20 like yeah you can move him up a couple spots but uh it's it's just it sort of sucks though at the same time because he finished as like the rb i think it was six on the year yeah maybe, maybe higher six. yeah and it was just like he he did fantastic and Yet we still look at players that didn't finish as well and still be like, "Eh, I'm good." Which it makes sense. I'm there too. I'm as RB twenty for me, with you know Cream Hunt behind him and then Melvin Gordon behind to that. So I, I get it. It's just sort of really interesting how he can have legit the RB six finish and be yeah. no change of value, honestly. Well, maybe a little bit because people were saying I'm not moving a first for him, and then now I think people may think about a very late first if they're yeah, running.
1: A- absolute buy for me, like. go go send like miles sanders to the david montgomery order and get dave montgomery plus and have the guy with the more points in your lineup
0: all year long it's insane you could probably do david montgomery in an early second in super flex and get get him by trading away sanders yeah i think that's that's a that's a good trade thought. And uh here's another another uh interesting question. Is Levischk Chenault a sell on the hype for you? I know you've been a Chenault guy. Or you were you were you were at the beginning of the season. I haven't talked to you much about Chenault since then, but how are you feeling about Chenault?
1: Um I mean, yeah, I guess I, I would if I could like package him with another wide receiver and upgrade on the hype to somebody that I feel like has already done it, or if I can get like Chenault and I don't know, what do I have to add to Chenault to get to like IUC or something like that. But after that, if I don't know, I'm upgrading and I- IUK's not the only play I would make, but if I don't feel like I'm upgrading immediately this year, I think I'd rather just kind of wait and see what happens. Cause I do like Chenault and I think that Chenault and Shark are both going to be in better situations.
0: Yeah, I think you could do like Chenault and Landry for Ayuk, or even I I think you could really do Ch- Chenault and Landry for like Mike Evans, even. Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't know mind. how much you feel about that one because you know Evans is I don't mind getting, it, getting dude. that close to that age apex type of thing. But then again, Goblin could be gone. I don't know. I
1: think I'd rather go for Keenan Allen.
0: That's a great point. Keenan Allen, I did not realize how good he was on a point per game basis. Yeah. Which he was he was Fantastic, and it's really the only reason that people don't realize it, including myself, is that he didn't play that many games. Even though I'm, I'm looking at up real two, cool. right? Yeah, he missed. Yeah, two. One that, and he even had a game where he like hardly played because I started him in Scott fishbowl and okay. got beat
1: <laughs> at the end of the season. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. He was wide receiver seven on on the year in points per game with. Just uh, Adams, Hill, Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, and Brown ahead of him. Yeah. So And Will Fuller was wide receiver eight. Wow.
1: Yeah, because he's somebody I was looking at because Keenan Allen, of how he's so undervalued, like even compared to the players in his same age group, he's so undervalued for what he's done year in, year out. But then you you just said that list. So of the last – Three rookie drafts, 2018, which would be Ridley, 2019, which would have been your A.J. Brown, and then 2020, which obviously this year, only two rookies, is that right? Had more than the average weekly points, but yet we tend to, like, Gravitate and put all this value into rookies that really haven't like exceeded some of the expectations we want to see. Some of them we don't even know like what their quarterback situation would be. But we know Keenan Allen is gonna have Herbert throwing to him. He was targeted like so. Oh man, I don't even want to say the number because I'll probably go too high. But <laughs> I what like one one seventy six, one forty six? Like the number is absurd. His targets this year.
0: 147 on 14 games so yeah. over 10 targets a game
1: yeah and that's gonna happen again
0: yeah and i'm I'm trying to look because there was yeah like his last game he played in week 15 he only had three targets and then he also had a game in week five where he just had two and only 17 percent of the snaps so two games out of his out of his 14 he left the game earlier just didn't play a lot yeah, and he still was the wide receiver seven, which you could probably look at everybody and find those games. So I'm not going to say that's a reason to make him like super, super high. But I hey, think, man,
1: but yeah. weekly average, if you're playing them, if you're playing more than 10 games, I think you can take in. Like weekly average into account. I mean, if you do your weekly average and you have that like one random guy that played one game that pops up, we obviously sure. know to kind of push him out. But weekly average, I think is important. I mean, it shows a certain level of consistency throughout the season, I think so. And, I and a year like this, like hardly anybody played all year
0: it was honestly a wild year. And with Keenan Allen, I think, uh, we had a question about like, do we have DJ Moore as a top 15 wide receiver in dynasty? And I mean, Keenan Allen versus DJ Moore, I want Keenan Allen right now. Are you the, do the same on that sort of discussion?
1: That one's so tough, man, because, <laughs> uh, I mean, DJ Moore is an exceptional talent at some point. Yeah. I think he's going to be in a better situation. Um, can I cheat and take like the Keenan Allen plus side?
0: Sure. Cause you kind could of. do that.
1: <laughs> you could do that. But uh, but yeah, I feel better with Keenan Allen in my starting lineup than I do DJ Moore at this point. And I think most people should as far as a starter goes. I think that Keenan Allen could be one of those players could help you with a quick rebuild. And it, you don't feel like you're creating that longevity because you want to stay young in your rebuild. But really, like, Keenan Allen's got some years left and time to move him. He, he helps you now. I, I don't know, man. I want to get my teams in shape as quick as I can if I don't like them. And I think Keenan Allen is one of those players that could help you do that just because of – I mean, he's already lost, I think, like four to five like dynasty trade calculator points just when the season ended. Yep. you know and to me it's just like well he still did awesome you know like he did better than Hopkins and you're giving Hopkins some a value bump here and they're the same age
0: yeah so just to get your thoughts on where you have dj more in rankings right now would you rather really have dj Moore, michael thomas
1: michael thomas
0: more or godwin more okay ridley or or more ridley McLaurin or more? McLaurin Robinson or more? Robinson Higgins or more? Higgins Ayuk or more? uh Amari Cooper or DJ Moore? Cooper Mike Evans or DJ Moore? Uh,
1: that one's tough. <laughs> I'm gonna take DJ Moore.
0: Okay, so you have you'd have DJ Moore around wide receiver 16, so that's pretty close to wide receiver 15. Uh, there's some other interesting names in there, but I think it's more in relation to where they're currently valued, like a Cortland Sutton type in the value side of things. But yeah, I, I like wide receiver 16 makes sense. And, uh, that's, I have him as wide receiver 17 right now with, uh, I have Chris Godwin above DJ Moore. That's the only difference. Okay. Yeah.
1: And Godwin, I mean, we'll see with landing spot and stuff and where yep. he goes, but I love that you brought up Sutton too, though, because I think that he would be, a very interesting person to try to add to your teams. I don't think that it would take too much to pry Cortland Sutton at this point, just with like the injured year, Drew Locke sucking. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd be interested in going out after Sutton. I think like uh, 2019, 125 targets, something yeah. like that. I don't think he played the whole entire season either, but that's that's one move. I'd like to try to find a way to pivot to more Cortland Sutton on my teams.
0: And Sutton's been getting a little bit of Twitter hype, which will probably increase as the offseason goes on. So then you potentially, if you're in leagues that are on Twitter, like Twitter leagues pretty much, you can you can all sort of, of use that leagues. hype to your advantage. Yeah. So this was a, a great episode, Swags. We sort of went all over the place. We're gonna go ahead and call it right here. Do you have any uh projects you're working on or anything? I know you have three kajillion podcasts so what what do you want people to check out you have anything going on
1: man i mean doing rookie fever we're gonna we have some interesting stuff we want to do once we start talking about more and more 2021 rookies so definitely check out rookie fever um super flexible obviously super flex city anything we're doing over there doing more fantasy football breakdown like my head and my (laughs) all of my like Pride, like, is going into, like, just trying to figure out a way to, like, get my points across on, like, how I feel about value and how absurd it's gotten. And so I focus a little bit on, like, the variance of value. And I've thought about, like, trying to even get it on paper a little bit differently. But I've done two of those now. And I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Like, they're just not, like, where I want them to be yet. And I don't feel like I'm getting my process out. Exactly right. And I'm not even trying to like, pump attention to it so much. But that's kind of what my focus on is just trying to look at value, a different way and figuring out why value, like why value happens sometimes and why it is the way it is and, and not just like, what is value, because we can all figure out value so easily, but just, I don't know just looking at things a little bit differently and probably put too much focus on that. It probably, it obsesses me in my showers and every moment where I should be thinking about different stuff. Like, so I'm just trying to like, that's kind of maybe too much of my focus right now is just trying to get people to look at value a little bit differently and, and to, and to realize like how important like you are and your value and how you value things and in life and in like fantasy and, and everything just like don't be afraid to say your own value like don't don't worry about being judged or feeling like a part of a group just i don't know and it's so hard (laughs) for all of us sometimes because i think we all get caught up on it but i'm just trying to find a different way to like explain what your brain actually does to you throughout like herd mentality in a positive way yeah, yeah, I, and that's like the that. catch, man. Because you have to try to do it in a positive way.
0: Yeah, I listened to episode one. Haven't had a chance to listen to episode two. I did enjoy it. I do recommend everybody go check it out. On uh, it's on the Superflex City feed. Uh, I I enjoyed it, and uh, I I always like thinking about value because there's there you're right. There's so many different ways you can think about it. How you know you can get influenced by just looking at someone that is you know relate to the like Kermitati someone that's really really popular on Twitter saying something you're like huh I should look into that more and then you look into it more and then maybe you decide to go their way or like Swag's was saying potentially you buck it and you say you know what nah I don't agree
1: I'm gonna go the other way or or like somebody like you just mentioned says something about a player that you were thinking about yesterday and you're just like oh my gosh <laughs> you've just like raised his value to a point where <laughs> it's absurd just because people are more confident in. JJ Zacharyson than they are Jacob Vines.
0: <laughs> and man, I think one of those players is like Andrew Luck's been getting some hype on Twitter with different biggish names mentioning him. How the people should add him. And I am, I am one hundred percent not on that train. I don't think Andrew Luck's coming back. I don't think he's worth a roster spot. He does should not be added in superflex dynasty leagues. I'd rather take a chance on someone else. So that's I just mean, my if thoughts. you
1: could add him, and then like try to get a fourth or fifth, but don't, don't drop anybody relevant. But if you have a spotter, I mean, maybe toy with it, but I'm with you, Jacob. I, I I think it's fool's gold.
0: Yeah. I'd rather Marcus Mariota than Andrew Luck right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So anyways, let's, before we go on another tangent, let's go ahead and just finish the episode. So thank you again for coming on swags. Everyone go follow swags on Twitter at swagzilla zero G also, thanks for your support, and make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the Snake in the Draft podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's be snakes this off season.
1: Nice. Thank you, Jacob. Always a pleasure.